What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. A blowout win by the Miami Dolphins to start week three of your fantasy football season in the NFL season. How about that? Adam Azer, Dave Richard, Jamie Eisenberg. What'd you think of the game last night, Dave? I loved watching James Robinson play well, Mm -hmm. and it was fun watching Miles Gaskins play. I wish they'd let him, you know, score a touchdown. That would be cool. And it's always fun watching Ryan Fitzpatrick beat up on defenses, but usually it's fun watching Gardner Minshew beat up on defenses and he didn't get that done. He played terribly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Heath was, is the mush. Heath <laughs> is the Minshew mush. He was out <laughs> oh, on no. him for the first two weeks and then he's in on week three and look what happens. Oh yeah. And he said, you know, the last time, remember what happened last time Gardner Minshew had the national spotlight? And I was like, oh, the London game. Mm. So just keep him relatively anonymous on local TV. And out of, uh, out of, you know what though, if you look back and we're going to preview seven NFC home games today, we got some good stats for you. A lot of questions about guys like CD lamb and the running backs in the giants 49ers game and that kind of stuff. We'll update you on injuries. As far as this game, you look back at it though, when they, when they ruled out DJ Chark, did you move Minshew down? Do you, like, is that a regret maybe that you guys yes. have? That you That's didn't a regret move down for me. One? I should have done it. I didn't care. I was excited about LaVisca. I was excited about Keelan Cole. And I thought Chris Conley had like reliable hands. I guess not. He had two very bad drops in the game. That would have helped the Jaguars at least put up some some yards, helped Gardner Minshew out a little bit. Um, frustrating. Frustrating game for the Jacksonville pass game. I want to play a new game called Did You Notice the Moment When? Did you notice the moment when... Jay Gruden and Gardner Minshew were on the bench in the fourth quarter laughing at all of us for having faith in their offense. Did you notice that? They I were, did. Yes. <laughs> I was like, what the uh, hell are they laughing? Oh, they're laughing at us. <laughs> uh, I don't think they were laughing at us, but they should not have been laughing. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit, well, not a good, not good timing. But you know what? You got to keep it. You got to keep a positive attitude, right? Yeah, I mean, look, it's a, it's a job. We all screw up at our jobs. <laughs> Certainly, we do. <laughs> you know, and uh, it, it's okay to have fun. But it's just you know, you get caught on TV when you're playing miserably. It doesn't look. It's not a good look. Awkward tweet of the day. So I wrote last night on Twitter just before the game. Okay, I'm going with a bold prediction because why not? Let's have some fun. Dolphins are going to kick the crap out of the Jaguars tonight, win by at least 17. All right, so I got it right. But Nick Riley responded, oof, I bet my right testicle that won't happen. 
<laughs> so wow. apologies. Uh, send him your address. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, man. Don't don't go against my bold predictions. I just put another one up, by the way. And he's down to one. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Another bold prediction out there on Twitter. Here it is. Uh, Jets lose this week. Jets get crushed next Thursday. Adam Gase is fired on Friday. Next Friday. Wow. Bold prediction. Interesting. Uh, I'm sure a lot of Jets fans would, would be happy about that. that I'm sure they would lot. probably give their right testicle for that to come true. The, the mm. latter part they would be happy about, not the losses. Okay. Miami 31, Jacksonville 13. So this was domination. Second half was kind of annoying for the Dolphins. They didn't really get much done other than that fumble recovery, which led to a touchdown. Jordan Howard has three touchdowns this year. They have totaled four yards. But we'll start with the uh, with the. He has he has backs. more touchdowns than he has uh, yards per carry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that makes sense because he's nowhere near three. Um, we start with uh, with the running back. He, he doesn't even have one yard per carry. Yeah, he's Kalen Balaging his way through the season. Yeah, he's doing a better job than Kalen. Kalen didn't get a lot of touchdowns, did he? No. Yeah. Uh, so Robinson was terrific. He's yeah. He's seventeen touches, six catches. Led the, led all players in receiving, six catches for eighty three yards. The, he was off the field a lot down the stretch with Chris Thompson, um, getting a lot. Of, also having five catches, but still, you like what you got from Robinson. Gaskin is only rostered in sixty two percent of leagues, Dave. And Jamie and I talked about this on Fantasy Football Today in five. But do you have confidence in one of these guys going forward, both of these guys going forward in terms of Gaskin and Robinson? I'm there with Robinson. He looks good. And the fact that he's catching multiple passes per game is just icing on the cake. He's really, really been impressive. Physical, good vision. I don't think you're going to see a lot of, you know, breakaway plays from him. I don't think he's got the speed for it, but he's he's got this great opportunity. And despite what you saw on Thursday, I think the offensive line in Jacksonville has been playing better than expected. So it, it's all systems go here for Robinson as as a as a startable fantasy running back Gaskin you know what you're getting with him a lot of catches I think that's helpful and good carries between the 20s just once they get close to the goal line they're like hey Jordan wake up you're in and he has to go in and score a touchdown and those are points lost for Miles Gaskin there's going to be bye weeks soon he's going to register as a number two running back during those bye weeks you wonder what kind of numbers Devontae Parker could have put up if Fitzpatrick had thrown more than 20 passes. He completed 18 of them. Parker had five catches for 69 yards. He caught all of his targets, and he was a little hobbled out there. Um, Gasicki luckily got the touchdown. But, Jamie, before we move on from this game, let's talk about the Jaguars and just basically are you still in on them? They have Cincinnati next week. You know, they're in this stretch with a good schedule here, and they had a bad night. Um but, you know, should we hang on to Gardner Minshew? Should we hang on to LaVisca Chenault, who's rostered in 69% of leagues? Or Keelan Cole, who once again uh, led all non-James Robinsons in receiving with 43 yards? All of the non-James Robinson and DJ Chark guys are going to be in and out of your lineup, uh, in and out of your roster uh, for the next several weeks because you're going to look at what your team has and needs and then make a decision on if you want to hold on to them. I mean, I don't think Keelan Cole's a must play. I don't think LaVisca Chenault is a must play yet. I'd like to hold on to him more than Cole because, you know, there's there's a lot to like about what he can be. But this is what rookie wide receivers do. You know, they sort of struggle their way through the early part of the season until they start to understand things. And so I didn't think the Jaguars did a good enough job of trying to put the ball in his hands because, you know, he could have done some more bubble screens. He could have done some more things with him out of the backfield. And that's what we were kind of hoping to see. Uh, the fact that he uh, he didn't have more target 
opportunity. And he was off the field for stretches. I mean, they were going with Cole Westbrook and Conley and, and it was a little frustrating, especially down the end of the game. So I, I don't, I don't think he's going to be somebody that you can trust as a starting fantasy option if he's not going to do this when Chark is out. Because when Chark is there, he's clearly the 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 alpha of this receiving core. And who knows how long he's been playing with this chest injury? You know, if it if it happened last week or was it something that's been bothering him because he hasn't played well yet. So he's a buy low candidate if somebody's willing to part with him. I wouldn't be surprised if some ten team leagues if he's dropped. Uh, I would pick up Chark if he's out there. But Minshew, the matchups are great. He'll play better. Uh, this was just a bad night for him and a bad night for the Jaguars passing. I, I do want to point out that catch that Chenault had over the middle where he was in triple coverage and then a broke away for throw. extra what yard. It was a stupid throw. It was yeah. a terrible throw, but a great catch and just unbelievably uh, wily after the play. Just the, the Yeah, he tried it again later in the game, and he should have had an interception. Yeah, that's true, but the the one he had earlier on in the game was really impressive. So it's it's great to see Chenault making those contested catches and picking up low throws. And he, you're right, James. They they should have used him a little bit more. All right. So that's it for that Thursday night football game. Music, Dave. Do we do music? No, 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 no. Miami 31, Jacksonville 13. I'd like to say I I'd like to apologize for what I said about Adam Gase. Shouldn't root for people to get fired. I feel bad about that. Even though he's like a billionaire, millionaire. Um but that's not cool. I'm sorry. Uh, all right. Got a few things to promote. First of all, you're getting a lot of fantasy cop, fantasy regulator questions. We're going to read them on our mailbag, which will air on Saturday. But that's going to be Frank Stamfel and myself uh, reading your questions and regulating, doing some, some police work on uh, the mailbag show, which we record on Friday and airs on Saturday. So make sure you tune in for that. We got a lot of those coming in. I just didn't really have any time on Wednesday to get to them. Noon Eastern on Twitch on Sunday to answer your starter sit questions, twitch.com slash FF today. But also on CBS Sports HQ, it's not just noon to one, it's 10 a.m. to one. All freaking morning answering your questions and going through the games and prop bets and all this fun stuff on CBS Sports HQ. Fantasy Football Today, check it out, 10 a.m. Eastern, Sunday morning. And Monday through Friday at noon Eastern as well. Download the CBS Sports HQ app. And there you go. Uh, we got a lot. Also, ask FFT. Use it on Twitter. Hashtag Ask FFT. We'll be answering your questions throughout the weekend. News and notes. Oh man, a lot of wide receiver injuries. Devontae Adams really might not play. Julio Jones, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, we're not expecting to play. Julio's questionable. Juju Smith Schuster hasn't been practicing. Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller have not been practicing. Juju's good though. He posted on his Instagram account. Uh, start. Uh, Play me in fantasy or pick me in fantasy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be out there. Okay, <laughs> okay, good. Um, but we don't know about Adams or Julio, and Adams is Sunday night. And how are we feeling about Jacobs and Waller? They did not practice on Thursday. I'm nervous. Uh, I think I, I think both of them could practice on Friday and still be good to go for the game. I'm kind of nervous about the matchup for Waller anyway. I just figured that he'll be the target that the Patriots will try and take away. And when it's third down, when they're passing, when they're trailing, I'm not expecting a big game from Darren Waller this week. It is interesting. We know how good the Patriots can be at taking number one options away. He is the only threat in the passing game right now. Well, well Rose is banged up too. You're right. Right. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, and then like, should we pick, I picked up Devonte Booker. I dropped Paris Campbell. Um, yep. as a Josh Jacobs I manager. I, I don't think that's a bad move at all. Is that the guy you'd get between him and Richard? 
I think they're going to be, it's going to be a mess. Yeah. I I don't think you're getting a starting option out of it, but Booker was probably the one who's going to get the most carries. But uh, yeah, I I wouldn't have a lot of confidence in in either one. I think Richard has one game in his career with more than 10 carries. They've just never, ever shown a willingness to to let him, to turn him loose. Like last year, they went to DeAndre Washington. Um, So that's why I went with Booker. But yeah, Mm -hmm. it's, I'm not going to start him, but. I just felt like as the as the Jacobs owner made sense to roster him. Okay, uh, MVS by the way is only oh, rostered in like forty two percent of leagues or something. So not a bad idea to have him if you have Devonte Adams. Uh, let's see, Kenny Galladay was limited. We're expecting him to play at Arizona. Zach Moss missed practice. So if Moss is declared out, how high do you think Devin Singletary would rise in your rankings? He'd be a low-end number two running back. I think you can count on for right around 15 touches. The, the The Bills haven't been using their running backs much. They, they're in the bottom five in running back rush attempts on the season. Jamie, what did you say? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I'd say he'd be right around you know, 20, top 20. You know, just with the uh, Once you get past like the, the top 15 or 16 guys, it's not, it's not exactly pretty. So he's, uh, he definitely gets a boost. I mean, you, know, you can't mm-hmm. overlook that the guy who's been taking him off the field in spots is not there. I don't think TJ Yeldon comes in for those those opportunities. So I, I would be much more happy about Devin Singletary's role. Yeah. I bet you'd see Yeldon working like third downs and Singletary working the rest. I feel like, it, you know, can't think there's a waiver wire guy I'd want to start over Singletary. Would you? I'd start Kelly over him, uh, you know, if he still falls in that category. I'd start Singletary over Mike Davis, though, you know, if you're just looking at it. Now Daryl Henderson loses because Malcolm Brown is uh, practicing in full. So I would start Singletary over Henderson. I might take Davis over Singletary in full PPR. I would, actually. Yeah, we already talked about the Rams game yesterday, but I think we should um, discuss this running back situation more because Malcolm Brown's going to play, it seems. Cam Mm -hmm. Akers, we're thinking no, right? At this point, yes. But but they are the st- only the Chargers have had more rush attempts than the Rams, and I do think it would be a smart strategy against the Bills to try to run the ball. Mm-hmm. Seems like that's they're worse against the run than they are against the pass. The Bills. Uh, so I I don't know. I mean I have Henderson in so many leagues, and I still want to start him. Do he you flex? Who, he, yeah. I, I take him over Brown. You know, you're looking at a guy coming off a of finger surgery this week. So right. is he just? the backup and comes in when needed or is he actually going to play so that's the question you have to ask yourself and we won't get that answer probably till the game unfolds uh i know what you're saying about the bills being you know susceptible against the run well more susceptible than the pass i I don't want to make it sound like they have a bad run defense no but i mean to to your point you know they played a game and a half essentially without two of their best defensive players so you know we'll see how having those guys back changes things it's not like teams ran on them with those guys out you know i mean they played the dolphins and the jets yeah, the thing is with the Bills is that we don't know about their run defense because the, since this, since last year ended, Jordan Phillips went to the Cardinals and Star Lotalele, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, opted out. Close enough. So uh, I would like to see uh, what they do against the run this year. I think the Rams will certainly test them. Uh, I'll tell you who's going to get tested against the run, the Bengals. Geno Atkins and Mike Daniels mispractice. Miles Sanders. Yeah, they've been out all year. Yeah, and they've been terrible all year. So mm-hmm. Miles Sanders is going to have 400 and 400 fantasy points. I don't know about 400 yards, but 400 fantasy points. It's a lot of touchdowns. Uh, Desmond Trufant returned to practice for Detroit. Jameson Crowder and Brashad Perryman won't play. Uh, unfortunately for the Rams, Joe Noteboom, their left guard, is on IR. Uh, Denzel Ward was limited with a groin in- injury uh, for the game against Washington. 
John Brown was limited in practice for Buffalo. We expect him. Sammy Watkins is in the concussion protocol. So does that make any difference for you with that Chiefs-Ravens uh, game if Watkins doesn't play? I mean, we'll see. He, you know, the fact that it's Monday gives him an extra day, so hopefully he'll be out there. You're James, not playing him, but it helps Mahomes. No, yeah. right. James White has not practiced. Really would, would love to see him get out there, and Jamie made a good point. Like They probably would want to get him in the end zone if he does play. Mm-hmm. Carolina offensive coordinator Joe Brady says he wants to get Curtis Samuel more involved. Do you care? A little bit. I, I care a lot. Yeah, you're not. I'm. I'm stuck. I, I have to play him this week in one league. Uh, uh, three receivers in the flex, and I lost McCaffrey and some other players. DJ Chark. So I was like, okay, I'll see what happens. You know, I, I figure he'll have three to five carries and probably you know another uptick in targets as well. You're going to try and stay away from Casey Hayward and Chris Harris as much as you can. And so I doubt that those guys are going to be anywhere near him, even though King is a really good defensive back as well. I I remember when they drafted Curtis Samuel. It was the same year they drafted McCaffrey. And he was he came out of Ohio State kind of like in the same mold as McCaffrey, where he was a Swiss Army knife type of player who could run the ball and catch the ball. And we know that he's not a good deep ball threat at wide receiver. So maybe they're going to try and get him a couple of carries and use him in the passing game. You know what this passing game is for Carolina anyway. They're just, you know, trying to give you death by paper cuts with a bunch of five and eight yard tosses. And Samuel can do that. Right now, Samuel is reminding me of Devontae Parker, where it was like, Every report was so optimistic about Devontae Parker, and he just never, ever produced until he finally did. Uh, maybe Curtis Samuel will be kind of a late bloomer, I hope. Uh, Jack Doyle... No, no, he's still not in a great situation for that to happen. Yeah, I'm not even thinking this year. I'm just saying, like, maybe at some point. I don't know. Maybe uh, in the XFL. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> Jack, Jack Doyle returned to practice. I don't know if he's going to play, but if he does play, would you start Jack Doyle? No. No, but you can't use Molly Cox then. Right. Alshon Jeffrey returned to practice. He's rostered in 15% of leagues. He's not going to play this week, but he might play next week at San Francisco. And Christian Kirk missed practice for Arizona. All right, let's do some beat the waiver wire. Well, Alshon Jeffrey's definitely one of them. Yep. Yep. But my question with Jeffrey is like, he's at San Francisco next week, which really might not be a bad matchup with their, all their injuries. But then he's got Baltimore. He's got Pittsburgh and Baltimore in weeks five and six. So are the, are the Eagles wide receivers really worth stashing in that case? Well, I mean, if you have the ability to hold on to him long-term, then yes. If you have to, you know, play him anytime soon, then no. Uh, Denver DST is at the Jets on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Like them, 21% rostered. Uh, I, I wonder if there's an opportunity for Royce Freeman to be a desperation running back in week four. Because he's going up against the Jets. Well, I mean, Lindsey could be back by then. He could be. But they probably can win that one without him, and they can just let Freeman handle that role. I'm not going to lie. I, I I didn't really find a lot of great names for beat the waiver wire, but I do think Traquan Smith at Detroit next week, if Michael Thomas is still out, and MVS against Atlanta on Monday Night Football, I just I just don't understand why he's not rostered in more leagues to begin with. I think people think he sucks because he drops a lot of balls, and he might, but he's getting targets, he's getting opportunities, and I don't yeah, know. But you know what happens in Green Bay if you if you just drop too many passes, you stop getting targets. Well, not if Rogers Adam isn't you. there. No, Rogers will still not <laughs> fire away at you if he thinks you're going to drop the football. I mean, I guess so, but at the same time. He, 
he'd been he, raving like he was kind of high on MVS last year and then again this year. So I don't know. It just seems like there's some potential there. Just hang on. They to the want ball. him to be a thing. I mean, they don't really have a lot of help. You know, ESB's on IR. Uh, they don't really have a lot of depth at the position, you know, so they need him. If both Lazard and, and MVS were sitting on your waiver wire, who would you pick up? Lazard. Uh, Lazard is the safer of the two. The higher ceiling is obviously MVS is what he showed you in week one. And the targets are there for him too. He has more targets than Lazard. There's one more player that uh, might get dropped this week. And he's rostered in 55% of leagues and we don't expect him to be good. Well, we don't expect him to have a huge game against Seattle, but Dalton Schultz. So he's 55% rostered, as I mentioned, and, and maybe that just means that everyone who needed a tight end picked up someone this week and like nobody mm-hmm. needs a tight end anymore. But Schultz, uh, Schultz has Cleveland next week. They've been horrible against tight ends. Then the Giants and the Cardinals, who thus far have been very good against tight ends, but last year they were terrible. And then Washington and Philadelphia, who have been among the worst against tight ends. It's possible Dalton Schultz is about to have five games of good matchups after this week against Seattle. That's a great one. Okay. All right, getting into the games a little bit here. Here are some of my favorite stats for today's NFC home games. I want to know what you guys think. Let's talk about the Atlanta wide receivers. Obviously, if Julio doesn't play, it makes Gage better. But facing Chicago... A slot wide receiver has led has been the leading receiver against Chicago in both weeks one and two. Danny Amendola had 81 yards, and Golden Tate only had 47, but he caught all five of his targets. Does that give you any more confidence in Russell Gage? I, I that's a matchup beater right there because it's Buster Screen in the slot for Chicago, and he just hasn't been good for a long time. And Gage has been getting nine plus targets per game. I would be stunned if he didn't have that many targets this week against Chicago, and I think he can do well with them, whether or not Julio Jones plays. Okay, I mean, Julio may be a decoy, you know, so he may be out there, but not getting his usual share of targets. Uh, how about the Dallas wide receivers getting so many C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup questions? Seattle has been so bad against receivers so far. Mm-hmm. All three Falcons receivers had more than 110 yards. And three Patriots receivers had more than 70 yards. Edelman at 179. Demir Bird and Nikhil Harry had more than 70 yards. I, I mean, that's they, just incredible. They give up the most receptions and receiving yards to the position, and it's not close. <laughs> the only thing is they've only given up two touchdowns to receivers. But right. like the catches and yards, it's like so far away. I think it's like 11 more catches as a team than anybody else and like 200 yards more than anybody else. They bend, um, but they don't break, and they can't get pressure on the quarterback. So it totally makes sense why this is happening, and I think it's going to keep happening. So what do you think about Lamb and Gallup this week? Gallup is the only one that I'd be a little concerned about just from the standpoint of without Tyron Smith in there, they haven't given Dak enough time to throw downfield. And so – this is one of those matchups that he should have time to throw downfield. So he's certainly in play as a number three receiver, but I think he's third behind the other two. I mean, Cooper and, and Lamb are just playing fantastic, certainly what they did last week. So it's a very similar matchup for them. Atlanta is another team that doesn't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And, you know, you got a lot of time for Dak to, uh, or you had more time for Dak to look at those guys and he went for 450. I love Lamb this week. I think he's the number two receiver and for fantasy, I'm saying, not just for the Cowboys. And I, I wonder if, if you're struggling with receivers, if you could try and make a trade for Lamb now, because I could see a scenario where he ends up being the number one receiver for the Cowboys this season. Wow. He's impressive. I love him. Yeah, he, he looks great. Yeah. I love he, Lamb, He's too. ready for this. I, I, like, a Lamb Euro is, like, so good. 
Yeah, you know, I don't have lamb that much, but it is like a, just a killer meat. Mm, right? For sure. Yeah. You All don't right. eat meat, I make lamb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's that from? What was that? What was that from? Big My factory big wedding. wedding. Oh, oh. You don't eat no meat, I make lamb. Okay. There's a hole in this cake. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a bunt. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen that movie once and I remember the Windex. All right, Drew Sample. Let's talk about Drew Sample. <laughs> The Eagles gave up a touchdown to Logan Thomas, and they gave up three touchdowns to Tyler Higby. Are you starting Drew Sample? Tight end premium, yes. Uh, deep leagues where you lost George Kittle or may not have George Kittle or you were starting Jack Doyle, yes. Uh, I but mean, what about be... just regular old PPR leagues, James? Well, I just don't know how many people are going to say I'm starting Drew Sample over Tyler Higby or Hayden Hurst. You know, I, I don't think sure. people are, are there yet, but... Uh, there's two tight ends that are very interesting, and you mentioned their names just now because Logan Thomas is facing a Browns team that's terrible against tight ends, and he's getting a lot of targets. And uh, Joe Burrow, through two games, has thrown 21 times to his tight ends, and you saw what Uzama and Sample did Thursday night against the Browns. So there's a lot to like about what Drew Sample's role could be, but it also was all those tight ends, uh, those tight ends getting those targets in week two. Joe Burrow threw 61 times. Yeah. You know, so if he goes from 61 to 41, which is probably more realistic, especially if they're able to run the ball, then they're all not going to be as successful because AJ Green's going to still get his and then Tyler Boyd's going to get his and the trickle down effect. So I think Drew Sample is a good by uh, injury replacement, deep league type of guy, certainly tight end premium situation. If he's still available in the Scott Fishbowl, go get him. But across the board start. No. DFS. Yes. If uh, DFS. if George Kittle's out, would you start Jordan Reed against the Giants or Drew Sample against Philadelphia? Still Jordan Reed. Yep. Okay. Still Jordan Reed. I agree with that 100% because he would assume, I would assume that he would get plenty of targets himself. Yeah. But put it this way, if you have at this point and you're still holding out hope for Rob Gronkowski and Austin Hooper, Make Drew Sample is in yeah. a better spot. All right, last last stat here that I wanted to give. The Detroit Lions are allowing an NFL high 6.92 yards per carry to running backs. They've been bad against David Montgomery, terrible against Aaron Jones. So let this be the week that Kenyon Drake, it's not like he's been bad, but let him have a big week. That'd be, yeah, that'd he, be wonderful. An explosive three-touchdown type week. Yes. Yeah, hopefully all receiving touchdowns. Uh, for, for I me. bet one of them will be. <laughs> All right, let's do the start meter here. The last three games we're going to get to in starter sit is Giants-San Francisco. Uh, which is kind of a oddly interesting fantasy game because there's I so agree. many question yeah. marks. I need a Giants win. I do too. Yep. <laughs> I don't. Uh, Titans, Vikings, and Cardinals, Lions. So, start meter for any running back in the Giants San Francisco game six and a half. For who? McKinnon and PPR, Wilson and non PPR. Yeah, I would say I'd rank them in PPR. I would go McKinnon, Lewis, Wilson, Freeman. Okay. Uh, wow, not even Wayne Gallman. <laughs> I mean, he might be inactive for all we know, so who knows? Yeah. I spent, uh, I Niners guys so ahead of the Giants guys. Niners guys ahead of the Giants. Okay. Golden Tate, start meter I like what he's done whenever Sterling Shepard yep. has been out. I mean, I, I think I said this to you yesterday at some point, Adam. Uh, 17 and a half. PPR points uh, over the five games that he was missing last year. Uh, four of those, I think it was eight or more targets. And so, you know, different coaching staff, so take that into account. But his play was elevated last year when Shepard wasn't there. So there's an opportunity for Tate to be successful. Seven. 
Okay. Yeah, it was 80, and it was 80 or more yards in four of the five games without Shepard. Uh, Darius Slayton against San Francisco. Eight. Um, seven. Jordan Reed at the Giants. This is assuming Kittle's out. Assuming Kittle's out, seven. Six. Ryan Tannehill at Minnesota. Eleven. <laughs> Corey Davis at Minnesota. Six. Six. Janu Smith at Minnesota. Nine. So seven, Jamie? Yep. Adam Thielen against Tennessee. Ten. Eight. Matthew Stafford at Arizona. Seven. Jimmy Galladay plays. Seven. Any Detroit running back at Arizona? Swift would be a four in PPR. Six. I'll say Swift is a six in PPR. If you were just desperate and had crappy running backs, Swift or Deion Lewis? Swift. Deion. But I'd rather have Swift on my roster, so right. if that's the decision, then I'd rather just play Swift. Kenny Galladay at Arizona? Eight. Uh, nine. Marvin Jones? Five. Five. TJ Hawkinson? Seven five. and a half. Seven and a half, you said? Mm-hmm. And five for Jamie? For Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. More on those games a little bit later. We'll break it down in more depth, in more detail. Chicago's at Atlanta. That's our first game. Here's your stat of the game. Looking at just two players here, Cohen and Allen Robinson. Um, you know, I, I, I sort of picked an arbitrary number, but there were only four games last year in which the Bears gave up 24 or more points. And the Falcons have been terrific offensively. So if you think they're going to score 24 or more points... Tariq Cohen had six or more catches in three of those four games in which they gave up four or more points. And Allen Robinson, in three of those four games, he scored 21 or more PPR fantasy points. So bottom line, what I'm saying is if the Falcons score a lot, it sets up well for Tariq Cohen and Allen Robinson. Do you guys see it that way, and are you starting them? And Robinson, I'm sure, is an easier call than Cohen. But yeah, you you get what I'm saying. What are you thinking about these two guys? At some point, Robinson's going to have a breakout game. It could easily happen this week based on the matchup. So he should be locked into your lineups without question and is a good DFS play as well because I don't think a lot of people are going to play him. If you're looking for Cohen, you know, we, we know that you're down McCaffrey, you're down Barkley, you're scrambling, and he was probably a guy that's sitting on your bench. He's clearly not going to be good in non-PPR leagues as long as David Montgomery's healthy. The fact that Montgomery's got six targets through two weeks shows you that they're in, at least involving him in the passing game enough that that's hurting Cohen. But, you know, if they are in this catch-up mode, it didn't work out well for Cohen in week one against Detroit. Hopefully it does work out better for him this week. So he's a flex. I mean, you know, I, don't, I don't think you should get overly excited about Trey Cohen because he's been a disappointment now basically for 18 games. You know, last year he was frustrating, and now this year he's frustrating. He was really good in 2018, but that just hasn't carried over to the last, you know, year plus. And yet they gave him a contract extension. I'd well, he's start. good for their team. I mean, I, not, I guess. I mean, they're it? giving twice as many targets to Montgomery <laughs> than they are to Cohen so far through two games this year. Patterson, Cordero Patterson has as many targets as Cohen has this year. So I don't, I don't get the usage. I wish they'd give, give him the ball more, uh, but we can't control that. They seem to they love Montgomery, and Montgomery does look good. Uh, I'd rather start Deion Lewis than Tariq Cohen this week. Agreed. Are there any, like, Typical must-start quarterbacks that you'd start Trubisky over, like Breeze or Rodgers no. if Adams is out, or or Watson. Breeze, yes, if Thomas is out, and uh, he's close with Watson. Okay, not me. I'll take Breeze. All right, he's twenty-second for Jamie, twenty-third for Dave, twentieth for Heath, something like that. That may have changed since I did these notes, but close to that. 
Uh, the Bears running backs, we just talked about Tariq Cohen. How much do you like David Montgomery this week? Uh, how would you compare him to Josh Kelly, to Mike Davis, Daryl Henderson, etc.? I like him. I think he can score. We've seen the Falcons already give up six short yardage touchdowns through two games, five of them on the ground. Montgomery wow. had a touchdown catch last week that was Well, not- I mean, three of those were Dak. <laughs> so- I know, but still, I mean, they're giving up touchdowns in short yardage, whether it's the quarterback or a running back or whatever. But I, I feel like Montgomery is in a great spot to find the end zone at least once. Uh, he caught a touchdown on a, on a weird weaving play last week that you shouldn't count on. But the week before he had a inside the 10 target that should have gone for a touchdown. It got knocked down at the line of scrimmage because Trubisky doesn't have good accuracy. <laughs> and I, I just, I feel like Montgomery's set for at least 15 touches. That's at a minimum. I'm sure the bears are going to want to try and get him going to keep the Falcons offense off the field. And he's got twice as many targets as Tariq going. So the usage is good. The opportunity to score is good. I think he's a number two running back this week for yeah. sure he's got he's got top 10 upside you know so mm-hmm. yes you should start him over those other guys all those okay over the waiver wire guys all right um how about kareem hunt or david montgomery montgomery, montgomery and non-ppr hunt wow. and ppr all right all right uh so alan robinson's a must start with any interest in uh anthony miller i, I he's kind of like the jaguars guys he's going to be somebody that's going to be in and out of your uh, in and out of your roster um this is an interesting game because if they're chasing points his his usage should be up but if they're playing with the lead, as we saw last week, he's probably not going to do very much. It's just weird how they're using him. You know, you you expect him to be more involved, both him and Cohen. They're very, very, very strange players because they're good. They're talented. They should have more opportunities, but the Bears aren't doing it. All right, as far as Robinson goes, just last stat on him. He's gotten nine targets in two games, both games. And there have been four wide receivers already with eight or nine targets against the Falcons, and all of them had 92 or more yards. So it just... It really needs to be a good game for Allen Robinson. There are no excuses here. Uh, Jimmy Graham is outside the top 20. They, it's a good matchup, but uh, just like, you know, you can't trust. Hard to trust him. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Matt Ryan. Okay, look, Matt Ryan. So he's top eight. He's like six, seven, eight for you guys, basically. And, um, you know, I feel like most, most times last year in tough matchups, he was like, okay, not great. Are you expecting better than that? Are you expecting a good game from Matt Ryan? Yes. I mean, as long as Julio's out there, but even without Julio, he would still be a top 12 guy. You know, it's hard to overlook the volume that he's going to get. And, you know, still having Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, and Hayden Hurst is not a bad fallback option if you lose your top guy because most of the quarterbacks, like we saw with Drew Brees, you know, he was terrible. So I think if, you, uh, if you're counting on him to have the same level of volume, even if Julio doesn't play, which I would, uh, I would still trust Matt Ryan as a starter. I would too. I just, I don't think I can commit to him still being a top 12 quarterback. He might be just outside of that if he does not have Julio. Well, I would take him over Breeze and and Rodgers without question if those guys are down there, two top guys. I'm with you on, I'm with you on both of those. But for now, yeah, I guess he'd probably still make the top 12 because I'd have to move Rodgers down too. So he might be 12th for me if there's no Julio and no Devontae Adams and no Michael Thomas. And that would mean behind like Ryan Tannehill? Yep. It's funny the, how, how Tannehill would be, not for me, Tannehill wouldn't be better without his top guy than Matt Ryan without his top guy, given the weapons and the amount of volume that you know what you're going to get from Matt Ryan. Vikings okay. defense is atrocious. It's, Todd, it's so oh, bad. We'll talk about it. It's so bad. Todd Gurley or David Montgomery? Montgomery. Oh, Montgomery. Todd Gurley or Tariq Cohen in PPR? Still Gurley. Gurley. I, I kind of have Gurley as a sit. He's outside of my top 24 in PPR Same. for sure. If, yeah. Julio, if, Julio, if he doesn't score, he's he's going to be an eyesore. 
If Julio Jones plays, would you start Russell Gage or Todd Gurley? Gage. Gage and PPR, Gurley and none. Gage either way. Okay. Um, all right. And then we talked about the wide receivers. And then Hayden Hurst is uh, like a low-end number one starter. And is that because of the matchup? I'd like him more if Julio didn't play. Because then I think his target volume would go up. And the matchup isn't terrible. I mean, we saw um, Evan Ingram have a better game in week two than he did in week one. And we saw TJ Hawkinson score on the Bears. And but, he plays I a mean, lot in the slot. You know, so your, your slot's that kind of part of him too. Right. That would be incredible. If they ended up using Buster Screen on Hayden Hurst, Hurst would have a monster day. So Hayden Hurst or Dallas Goddard? Goddard, Goddard. and PPR. Hurst and non. Hayden Hurst or... I'll say Tyler Higby since it looks like those Bills linebackers are trending in the right direction. Hurst. I'll go Higby, but if Julio's out, Hurst. Higby for now, Hurst if Julio is out. Okay. Bears DST, not a great option this week, but still top 12 for Dave and Jamie and 13th for Heath. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Green Bay is at New Orleans. Stat of the game number one. I think this is actually my only stat of the game. Stat of the game. These are the only two teams that have allowed just one sack so far this season. So that's cool. Hopefully these quarterbacks have a lot of time to throw. And Drew Brees can, you know, throw the ball all the way five yards downfield. (laughs) Oh, he'll get you 10 or 12 yards. Um, All right. So, look, ordinarily, Green Bay at New Orleans primetime home game would be... A primetime home game in New Orleans. I mean, this you would hope would be a showcase game for these two incredible quarterbacks. High scoring, bonanza. What do you think about this game? Is it going to be that way? Not if you don't have Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams. It's hard to trust it. You know, these defenses don't get the credit they deserve. They're very good defenses. The pass rush is going to be tough on both of these quarterbacks. You believe that Um, about the Packers, that they have a very good defense? Yes, they don't have a good run defense, but they have a good defense. They have a good pass defense. They, so, yes. you know, I mean, it's going to be, look, Traquan Smith and, and, and Emmanuel Sanders are the shell of Emmanuel Sanders at this point. And, and as you just uh, alluded to, it's going to be Alvin Kamara here, Alvin Kamara there, Alvin Kamara here, Alvin Kamara there. Okay, we'll take a, you know, a seven-yard throw to Jared Cook. And look, we threw the ball down the field. Um, it's, it's not going to be pretty for Drew Brees if Thomas isn't there against this team because those guys are going to put pressure on him and – you know, I don't, I don't want to trust him, even though he's usually great in these spots. And then for Rodgers, he was fantastic last year without Devontae Adams. And Aaron Jones played a bigger role. I would feel much more comfortable with him without Adams because I've seen it and him play successfully. Plus, he's just on fire right now. So uh, 
I would downgrade Rodgers if he doesn't have Adams, but I'd still feel okay starting him. It's like the Matt Ryan thing, even though Matt Ryan's weapons without his top guy are better. But that's a good defense for New Orleans. I know that, you know, Derek Carr picked him apart, but they just couldn't cover Darren Waller. The Packers don't have that type of player. How dare you talk that way about Robert Tanyan? <laughs> well, look, if you're still going to start Aaron Rodgers if Devontae Adams doesn't play, then you got to be pretty high on at least one of their wide receivers, right? Sure. Yeah, I, th- I, 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 I think they're number three guys. You know, they're not a must-start play. Okay. I'm it just- could be Lattimore on Lazard, and that would be bad for Lazard, but they move him around so much that maybe he could end up just getting decent volume. And I, I still have trust issues with Valdez Scantling, even if there is no Devonta Adams. Stretching the field is great, but you got to be able to hold on to the football. So we probably need to do a little bit more research on who else would play. It could be Equinemia St. Brown. He had a pretty decent camp. Oh, he is on IR. He couldn't be there. So who, who would be the new receiver that would step in? But obviously MVS and Lazard are going to be the two most, you'd have to think they'd be the two most targeted guys. I mean, you never know how it's going to turn out. I'll give you an example. Like what we did, uh, uh, the Todd Rohn, who I share the podcast league with, like we were going to play Preston Williams last night. And I said, oh, let's just hold off because we have MVS, you know, yeah. so he's not a must play. You know, you're looking at your team and saying, OK, what what's on my roster and who can I, you know, maybe play play those guys over. But again, it's a good secondary. The, the receivers last week did nothing for the Raiders. You right. Know? So, so I'm just saying, a, how is, you know, how is Rogers a start? Like, Okay, it's philosophical he's not a, question. He's not a must-start. He's not a must-start. Like, I, I mean, again, you could see Tannehill being better than him, and I would have no problem playing Tannehill over him. I'll probably rank it that way because they're close now. Stafford, I would rank over Rodgers as well Okay, if okay. he doesn't have those guys. This so it's not without like it's Adams. slam dunk to play Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know if I'm running to my waiver wire to pick up uh, Justin Herbert to play over Aaron Rodgers at this point. That's not the case, even though Herbert's got a good matchup himself. All right, so St. Brown is on IR. You're right about that. Malik Taylor is their only other receiver on the active roster right now. Uh, I'd have to go through and check their practice squad to see. Uh, Begleton, Reggie Begleton, well, who we've talked about. Darius Shepard is Dave, there. But let, these are just guys. Just oh, focus, Robert Foster let, is there. Let's just focus on the fantasy relevant guys, right? So let no, me ask you this. I, I'm getting to my point. Maybe it is Tanyan who ends up getting some work. And the Packers obviously saw what the Raiders did and leaning heavily on a big Kind of fast. Oh, he is fast, Waller. Here you go. Here, here's a prediction for you. If Devontae Adams does not play, Mercedes Lewis catches a touchdown because he's on the field 100% of the snaps. All right. Fair enough. Uh, okay, so let's say Adams and Thomas are both out. Who's the best wide receiver in this game? Might be Traquan Smith. Who would you take? Traquan Smith or Lazard or MVS? It would either would, be Smith or... I would go I think Lazard. Lazard, MVS, Smith, skip a few, skip a lot, <laughs> Sanders. But it's going to be the running backs. I mean, that's where there's, those guys are going to go to. Okay. Yep. Start Aaron Jones. Start Saints have a great run defense, whatever. Start Aaron Jones. Start Alvin Kamara. He's going to destroy the Packers run defense. Can't, can't really have any faith in Latavius Murray after his no-show in Vegas. Um, and then Jared Cook is top 10. Mm-hmm. Like him or love him. Like them a lot. Okay, fair enough. Sit the DSTs. Do you feel like we have to go more in depth? I, I'll ask a few follow up questions. Okay, Traquan Smith or uh, Mike Davis? Davis. Davis. Traquan Smith or Devin Singletary if Zach Moss plays? Singletary. Uh, Smith. Smith and PPR. Marquez Valdez, Gantling, or CD Lamb? Assuming Adams Lamb. is out. 
Lamb. Okay, MVS or Michael Gallup? Gallup. Uh, yeah, Gallup. Okay. And then we're sitting Drew Brees, even though he is the greatest primetime home game quarterback uh, I just, ever. I, I have the feeling that this could be a game where Aaron Rodgers puts up nice numbers and Breeze doesn't, and everyone starts talking about how Breeze has kind of lost it. <laughs> they were talking about that since Monday night. <laughs> I, I know, but it's two, It's going to be two weeks in a row on primetime. I, I, I could easily see that being the, the storyline coming out of the game. And guess what, Dave? They're going to be wrong because I just don't buy it. Sorry to okay. say. I, Do you think he's going to play well or you think he's not done? No, I think he's not done. I, I, think agree. I think he's going to have a really good season as soon as he gets you've Michael take, Thomas back. He's taking away his best receiver. I mean, it's it's not always great for for quarterbacks. Absolutely. So. Uh, stat of the game for Dallas and Seattle. I already gave it. It's about how bad Seattle's been against wide receivers, and we talked about it a lot. So we like the wide receivers in the game. I, I mean, I'm just going to make this simple. Are you sitting anyone? It's all systems go, right? Dallas, yes. Seattle? Yes. Yep. I, don't, I mean, no Carlos Hyde. David Moore. <laughs> right. Big game. Greg Olson. <laughs> Dave, you have DK Metcalf in your top five. I love him. Dallas's defense is brutal. Their yeah. secondary just is not good. Uh, Dalton Schultz, I think, is the is maybe the top. Dalton Schultz and Michael Gallup are probably the ones we need to stay on here because everyone else should be started. Well, okay, the running backs and the Seattle wide receivers and Amari Cooper probably started in 90-plus percent of leagues. CD Lamb, I'm guessing 70 plus percent of leagues. Uh, Michael Gallup. I, I mean, look, obviously, there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game, so you like that. Bonanza, by the way. Uh, <laughs> who should we compare Michael Gallup to? Like, how many of the waiver wire running backs are you starting over Gallup? A bunch of them. Davis, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Henderson, that's, that's, for sure. Henderson, yeah. Uh, but that's, that's probably it. I'm not starting the Giants guys over him. No, I wouldn't do that either. How about Darius Slayton or Golden Tate? I would start both of them over him, yes. Slayton for sure. All right. And Dalton I, I'm Schultz. sorry, Gallup and non-PPR, Tate and PPR. Fair enough. Oh, take a drink. I said fair enough. That's the new game. Apparently I say that all the time. Fair enough. Dalton Schultz is uh, not in your top 12, so stash him. You don't have to start him. Who are some tight ends you'd start over Dalton Schultz? Reed would be Thomas. one of them. Logan, Logan Thomas. Thomas would be one. Okay. Oh, right. no. I, I actually like Schultz. I. Uh, oh, you, did you move him up? Yeah, I, I think about how... I remember the stat where during the offseason where Dak Prescott leans on his tight end, and there's always been like 90-plus targets to the tight end. The average is around like 115, something like that. I don't remember it off the top of my head right now. And last week we saw it. No Blake Jarwin, no big deal. Dalton Schultz, 10 targets. Here you go. So in a, in a high-scoring game, I would certainly expect Schultz to continue to see a, a steady flow of targets. He's just right guy, right place, right time. Great matchup. That's a good great matchup. matchup. It's not, right, right. It's just it's probably just a solid matchup. That's where but, Jamal Adams comes into play for season. Right, right, right. So I like I like him as a volume-based top 15 fantasy tight end. I'll scratch this, what I said about starting Reed over him. This is this is where I think you look at uh, Gallup coming into play because if they stay away from Adams, then maybe there's a few more shots to Gallup, who was clearly the fourth guy in terms of targets last week. But Heath so. made a good point on Twitch last night. Like, are they really going to put Jamal Adams on Dalton Schultz when... 
Well, you've I mean, got these three stays in the middle of the field. You've got these three wide receivers. Though. You've got to figure he's going to be helping right. on, on. So Gallup. they're not covering. A receiver, they don't play though. man. They don't really play man to man defense in Seattle. They're they're going to play this this cover two or cover three type of defense and try and keep all these receivers in front of them and just hit them when they after they make the catch. So Schultz will be open frequently. He's just not going to get a lot of yards after the catch. And when they get inside the five, for example, that's when you might see Seattle play more man coverage. And that's where Jamal Adams could take away Dalton Schultz. I mean, think about week one for Seattle. Who was the guy that was missing from the Atlanta passing attack? It was Hayden Hurst. Yeah. Very similar setup. I I suppose so. All right. Cincinnati at Philadelphia. Uh, Already gave the stat of the game for this one. It's about Philadelphia being so bad against tight ends. Touchdown to Logan Thomas. Three touchdowns to Tyler Higby on only five targets. So, uh, I'm sorry. Drew Sample or Dalton Schultz? Schultz. Schultz. Okay. Joe Burrow. Yeah, he's 16th for Jamie. He's 16th for Heath. He's 20th for Dave. The Eagles were fine against Haskins. Got kind of torn up by Jared Goff. Um, you mean when the quarterback play was better and the numbers were worse? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Tell me how that worked. Huh? Right, in- interesting stuff there. Um, yeah, so Burrow, I know people, probably it's hard to really trust him, but over Breeze, right? Yes. Mm, it's close. Okay. Volume, volume, volume. I think Mixon can have a good game. So I'm I think worried Mixon about can that. get more work and and be more involved. I'm not I'm not getting away from Mixon as a number one running back. I'm worried he's gonna. The Eagles always have a good run defense, although they weren't so good last week. But I'm worried that he's gonna have a bad game, and then it's gonna be really hard for me to tell everybody to stop freaking out about Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Yeah. This will be a telltale game. If he doesn't do well, then people by are low, gonna by freak low, out. By low. I, that's what I think is the right answer, but. I don't know. It's it's so strange how he's gotten off to this slow start. And I don't think I, I think it's more than just the offensive line stinks. I think they're not using the offensive line like they did last year. Well, it's also I I, I mean the Chargers defense is good, and I don't think their run defense got enough credit coming into the season with some of the moves that they made. That's the true. Brown's run defense has been Same, fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you know, now like you said, Adam, I agree with you. I think the Eagles run defense is going to make things tough on Mixon. The thing that you have to hope for is volume for him still. So the fact that Burrow threw 61 times against the Browns. He still had 20 touches, you know, and so keep throwing him the ball, you know, get him in that three to four catch range again. And hopefully that's the case. He'd be on pace for 40 catches so far this year, which is kind of the number we were looking at for him. So get Giovanni Bernard out of the way. Just keep putting the ball in Mixon's hands as much as he can and see if he can start to break something. I wish that would happen. I'm just afraid it's not going to happen. I think they like Gio. He he just didn't have the, the production. I think Geo still played more third downs than Mixon last oh, week. Oh, that's that, you know if that's the but way that's, you want to operate, fine. But you know, don't be so obvious in first and second down and just run Mixon when he's out there. Right, that I agree. Get him with involved that. in the passing yeah. game on first and second down, sure. And he had four catches, so that was encouraging. So, so I mean, is he a start, Joe Mixon? Yes. Yes. Okay. Would you start Leonard Fournette over Joe Mixon? No. Would you start uh, C.D. Lamb or Russell Gage over Mixon in PPR? No. no. Okay. All right. Start Joe Mixon. How about Tyler Boyd and AJ Green? Who do you like better? Still green. The volume is just too much. Yeah. This might be the toughest game this week, like to predict, at least of this NFC home game slate. Well, you have a very, very frustrating Eagles offense. And yeah. this is the perfect spot for 
Carson wants to get better. You know, I mean, everybody runs on the Bengals so far this season in the two games that they played. But their secondary is not good. And so this home game, they're a favorite at home. You know, you need a win. You need to get your quarterback right. Got people talking about him with his hat backwards. I mean, there's a lot of just, you know, negativity going around with Carson Wentz. This is the time to, you know, prove yourself. And hopefully he does. Burrow or Wentz? Wentz. Wentz, but it's close. So this is going to be an interesting test because Wentz has, what, nine games in a row with 40 or more passes and 10 games with 30 or nine, 39 or more passes. And it's not like the Bengals have a great secondary, but they've seen the third or fourth fewest wide receiver targets because teams just run all over them. So I wonder if Wentz is finally going to break that streak, if this is more of like a 28 to 30 pass attempt kind of game because Miles Sanders is just going nuts. It would be smart for the Eagles to do that because then you're limiting the mistakes that Carson Wentz can make and the hits that he can take because that's kind of been a problem for him. Yeah. So, you know, this is where fantasy and reality sort of split. Like, you'd like to see Wentz have a great fantasy game, but the Eagles need him just to play a good game, period. And so, you know, if he if he's more of a game manager, that's probably better for their team. Yeah. Especially Push now you're down Jalen Rager. Right. Push comes to shove. I'm sure that's what they'd rather have. I know that their identity is throwing the football. Uh, it's going to come down to how their defense does. And by the way, I'll take Boyd over AJ Green. Are there any uh, must start? How number one receivers have done against Philly so far this sorry year? Sorry about that, Dave. Are there any must start wide receivers in this game? Sean Jackson's pretty appealing, and then of course the Bengals guys are more appealing. Any of them must starts? In the definition of the word, no, or phrase, no. But I mean, again, if you're getting AJ Green this amount of targets, it's hard to overlook. At some point, there's going to start to be some production there. Yeah. I mean, give the give the uh, Eagles credit. So far, they've been pretty good against wide receivers. Cup had a decent game, but um, McLaurin. Yeah, Robert Woods scored, but it was on a rush. Yeah, McLaurin sixty-one yards, Sims fifty yards, Robert Woods fourteen yards, Cup eighty-one. Um, but I mean, last year, like number one receivers basically crushed Darius Slay, or they crushed Detroit. I don't know how much of that was on Slay, but um, I'm not sure it's a matchup you need to really shy away from. And then Deshaun Jackson, like Deshaun Jackson or Michael Gallup? Jackson. Jackson, Gallup. Deshaun Jackson or um, do a running back here. Daryl Henderson. Henderson. But Jackson's better than all the receivers not named Devontae Adams or Michael Thomas in that Saints-Packers game. Okay. Mm -hmm. I hope so because he didn't really do so great last week. Uh, six no, for 64 you're counting on nine targets. Catch, you know, play action, deep ball type thing. He'll yeah. get a couple of opportunities deep. And which tight end do you prefer for the Eagles? Still well, hurts. But it's close. Okay. Both of them are, are worth starting this week. Look, I, I I took a long look at it this week, and just the Bengals more often than not, they also play zone. And so there's plenty of open space for both tight ends to do well. Especially with Rager out. There's more targets available now. That's for sure. Not that they need it, but they're, still they're both top though. 12 in PPR. Eagles DST 10th for Jamie, 20th for Dave, 16th for Heath. So we'll, we'll mostly call them a sit. San Francisco is at the Giants. And uh, only good news for the Niners is it looks like Jason Verrett is going to play cornerback. Akilah Witherspoon apparently really struggled in week two, and they're already down Richard Sherman. So I think that's why you heard Dave and Jamie like Darius Slayton. They like Golden Tate. I think Slayton is a Really good DFS tournament play. Yep. He just has tournament. big games. And uh, I actually think I'm going to do a fun Daniel Jones lineup. I was thinking about doing the same. 
You know the problem? I actually I started. We're going to talk about it on on HQ today. I started doing a, a Daniel Jones lineup, but on FanDuel, it's just so easy to have superstars. Like I did a Daniel Jones lineup, and then I had like three thousand dollars left. I was like, okay, I, yeah, I'm right. not like I'm not going to pass Kyler Murray <laughs> up for Daniel Jones, but. I, he's but that's prob- not how you win. You got to win with a guy like Daniel. Yeah, Jones. that's why I'm going to do a separate Daniel Jones lineup, and and that's much different in in DFS versus your just regular seasonal. No, play athletes. Daniel Jones over Kyler Murray. That's the <laughs> no, no. I just <laughs> meant in general, like he's not a start. You can't, but he yeah. does have San Francisco. I, I don't know what to expect from them. They are a shell of themselves, and you guys think the Giants are going to win, um, and they have no running game. So you, there's opportunities there. By the way, uh, in eight starts with Nick Mullins in 2018, George Kittle was on pace for almost 1,600 yards. Dante Pettis was on pace for 848 yards and nine touchdowns. So he can get you some numbers, Nick Mullins. He wasn't that bad. Uh, He's also a DFS consideration. I mean, he's he's cheaper than Tyrod Taylor, Drew Locke, and uh, who's the other hurt quarterback I'm blanking on right now? There's Jimmy a Garoppolo. I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. That guy. Yeah. Um, he's cheaper than all three of them. He's 5,100 on DraftKings. Well, remember, Garoppolo hasn't been ruled out yet, though. So keep that in mind. That's true. Yeah. But it, I mean, even Kyle Shanahan said it's looking like Mullins is going to play. Well, part of it is because they don't want to put anybody on that surface. Yeah. Do you trust George Kittle if he plays? Of course. You're not, you're not sitting him. Do you. Um... All right, I know we talked about it earlier in the show, but just give me a recap. I think of the 49ers running backs and how you feel about them and who gets the most carries and, and whatnot between Wilson and McKinnon. I think Wilson's going to get the most carries. I think he's the one that you look at non-PPR. You know, mm-hmm. He's, he's going to have to score to help you across the board. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's you know, 14, 15 carries for 60-some-odd yards. It won't be pretty. But you know, if he finds the end zone, then he's going to be okay. So, like, I'd start him over Zach Moss, for example, if you're looking at it as Moss plays. Last I saw, he was rostered in 86% of leagues. I'm not sure if that number is significantly lower since I last looked, and it was uh, Wednesday. Jeff Wilson? Or Thursday, yeah. No, no. You're thinking of McKinnon. McKinnon's 96. Wilson's 24. No, Wilson's available. You oh, said, available. Sorry, I said rostered in, not rostered. I forgot the word not. Now. Not rostered in 86% <laughs> of leagues. 76 And I'm, 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 you know... I'm in this league with a bunch of guys in the industry where I had McCaffrey and Barkley and I'm, I'm forced to start Wilson and I'm kind of excited about it. You know, his offensive line's healthy. Kyle Shanahan's a genius. The Giants run yes. defense isn't great. And he's got fresh legs and he's a physical guy. He could score maybe a 40 or 50 yards on top of it. And he's out there. So if you need a running back, go get him. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I I'm starting him in uh in the guillotine league <laughs> because my running backs are so bad. And yes, I feel bad about hyping up the Giants' defense, run defense. Uh, they have given up now in two games 47 rushing yards in the fourth quarter to Benny Snell and 50 mm-hmm. rushing yards in the fourth quarter to David Montgomery. So it's just been mm. weird. They've gotten just gashed in the fourth. Perfect for Jeff Wilson under the assumption that the 49ers were going to right. have the lead in the fourth quarter. They might. I don't think they could they for will. sure, but we just, we, we, we both think the giants are going to win the game. Could be a back and forth type game. That wouldn't hurt Wilson. But if the 49ers find themselves down 10 points in the fourth quarter, then it's not going to be good for Wilson. It's just, it's just so funny that you hear you have the giants are at home. They're facing a team without their best defensive player. Their two best defensive players. They're maybe their three best defensive they're, players. They're, Starting quarterback, they're starting running back, 
they're There's on the road for the second Debo straight Debo Samuel and maybe George Kittle, <laughs> right? And, and they're still not expected to win the game. <laughs> right. They're, yeah, that's, I haven't been giving the spread. Sorry about that. Um, uh, yeah, it's San Francisco's minus four right now. They open minus six and a half. Um, one thing I'm going to make them down because I think, you know, once you get Garoppolo and maybe Kittle ruled out. One thing that looks a little high to me is the total in the Packers Saints game, by the way, 52 and a half. Right. That'll come down. I don't know. It, it went up. It was started at 51 and a half. If Adam gets ruled out, it'll come down. It'll be under 50. Sports Insight says that uh, the 49ers are getting 57% of the bets They're with just, the spread. Yeah. So With the spread. I I'd take the Giants with the points. I would in a heartbeat. I will in a heartbeat. All right. If Jordan Reed play, if, if, if George Kittle's out, would you start Jordan Reed or Evan Ingram? Ingram still. Yeah. Okay. He, he's had, look, he's got 15 targets this year. Eventually, something good's going to happen. And he was six for 65 last week, Evan Ingram. Not that bad. Would you start Dallas Goddard or Evan Ingram? Goddard. In PPR, it's Goddard, not non PPR. Do you still have faith in the Niners DST? Yeah. Because Daniel I Jones guess. is still a turnover machine. <laughs> Jameis Jones? You hate you love that one. You hate that. <laughs> You're going to start making t-shirts. All right. Uh, Tennessee is at Minnesota. The Vikings, you know, not... You might be the most excited person to talk about this game on the planet. Not to be overlooked. Anthony Barr is out for the year. It's a big deal for the Vikings. It is big, yep. Um, all right, Ryan Tannehill. Let's see. Ryan Tannehill or Matthew Stafford? Tannehill for Tannehill. now. That may change. Ryan Tannehill or Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, that's close. I'm sorry. You guys have them back to back. So I'd take Tannehill. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's that's a toss up there. Derek Henry start, Dalvin Cook start, Adam Thielen start. So let's talk about Corey Davis and John o. Smith. Corey Davis is rostered in 71% of leagues. I mean, you look at his numbers last week, three catches, 36 yards, and a touchdown. It came on five targets. It, well, Tannehill threw what, 25 passes? 24. Something like that. 24. So yeah. So I, I guess always, you always have to be concerned about how many passes he's going to throw. But how do you feel about Corey Davis? As we've talked about a lot of, you know, flex wide receivers like the Golden Tates and the Deshaun Jacksons and whatnot. Where's Corey Davis in there? He's a good number three receiver. Yeah, I'd take Lamb ahead of him. I'd take John Brown ahead of him. But I think that Corey Davis is toward the end of that flex range, at least in PPR, non-PPR, maybe a little bit closer to them. I'd start Davis over the, again, Saints and Packers guys, assuming that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Minnesota's pass rush is not very good. I won't say it's non-existent. It's just not good. And and Tannehill's making plays when the pass rush is right in his face. Just give him even more time to throw. He's going to be fantastic. So super efficiency is in his favor. And I could certainly see the Titans throwing a couple of touchdowns. This game opened as a pick pick them, and now it's two and a half, uh, minus two and a half for Tennessee. So um, I think Minnesota wins the game, even wow. as, as bad and beaten as they are. They're 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 not as bad of a team as they have shown, and they're at home, desperation time. I think they're going to end up winning the game. The, the Cousins would have to have a lights out game for it to happen. Well, Dalvin Cook, yeah, I don't. Game. Dalvin Cook, the Titans' run defense has been pretty bad so far. Um, so obviously, three running backs have scored a touchdown against the Titans. Five point two yards per carry to running back. So it could be a big Dalvin Cook game. Um, John U. Smith is a stud for you guys. Top eight 
this week. We just saw Mo Ali Cox have 100 yards on six targets, 111 yards against Minnesota. So uh, some of the names you guys are starting John U. Smith over would be, correct me if I'm wrong, but Evan Ingram, um, Jared Cook, yep. Hayden Hurst, yep. Dallas Goddard. Both Eagles. Both Eagles both tight Eagles. ends. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, John U. Smith, uh, go go with John U. Smith, and that is it in this game. Tennessee DST is top eight. You can go with them. Last game is Detroit at Arizona. Stat of, oh, here's the stat of the game. So far, George Kittle, four catches for 44 yards against Arizona. Logan Thomas, nine targets, only 26 yards on four catches. Holy cow, the Cardinals are so good against tight ends. It has nothing to do with Isaiah Simmons, I don't think. He's barely played. No. Um, are you buying that? Because TJ Hawkinson burst onto the scene in week one last year and exposed what would become a team that was among the worst in years and years and years against tight ends. Like, how do you feel about Hawkinson going into this game against Arizona? I don't hate a, him. He's a low-end starter at best. I, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Targets will come down with Galladay there. And so is the Cardinals deep? Look, George Kittle got hurt in the game. So I don't know if that's a fair representation of what the Cardinals are going to do. They hurt tight, tight ends. ends. Scary. They do hurt tight ends. It's true. <laughs> you got to be worried about TJ Hawkinson. <laughs> like the Lions need to sit TJ Hawkinson. Uh, no. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it was obviously a focal point of their defense, you know, to get better in that area. And so far through two games, it's it's been the case. Okay, so is he a starter or a sit, Hawkinson? Hawkinson is in that uh, good replacement option type of guys, uh, better than the Logan Thomases and Drew Samples of the world. Uh, I'd start him over Dalton Schultz, but I'm not going to start him over, you know, even Higby if the Bills guys play. Okay. Uh, Stafford is like borderline top 12, right? Yeah, I hope Kenny Galladay gets in full practice on Friday because that'll make a lot of people feel better about Stafford, but they're going to be chasing points. And garbage time, this is what Matthew Stafford was last year. Hopefully it'll be the case again this year. I don't think there's there should be much hesitation, if any. If Rodgers doesn't have Devontae Adams, if Breeze doesn't have Michael Thomas, you can start Stafford if he's got Galladay. Okay. And we haven't we haven't even spoken about Breeze if Michael Thomas plays. So let me just throw that out there real quick. If Michael Thomas does somehow play, yeah, where would Breeze rank? I, I guess I'd move him up a little bit, but he still wouldn't be top 12. And I, I don't know how effective Michael Thomas would be if he truly has a high ankle sprain. How well can he move? Right. If Thomas plays, you start bracing. It's obviously case specific, but you feel a lot more comfortable with it. All right, we got some obvious starts in this game. Kyler Murray is number one for everybody this week. Uh, Kenyon Drake, you're starting him. And DeAndre Hopkins, you're starting him. Um, Kenny Galladay, is he an obvious start? Yeah, I think so. Okay. You can worry about the rust factor and all that stuff, but the Cardinals cornerbacks are solid. And who's a better flex, Marvin Jones or DeAndre Swift? Jones. Jones is the better flex. All right, so avoid the Lions running backs, Marvin Jones or um, Deshaun. I don't hate Swift if you're desperate in a PPR because I could see him getting five-plus receptions, and he's been okay. You know, they throw out the touchdown drop against Chicago. Other than that, he's been okay catching the ball out of the backfield. He's just not carrying the ball, which is the frustrating thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, uh, yeah, so what was I saying? Marvin Jones or Deshaun Jackson? 
Uh, Deshaun, you know, just given the fact that Rager being out and Galladay being back, but garbage time is going to help him too. You know, so I think Marvin Jones is going to be in a good spot. I'll go the other way. I'll say Marvin Jones is a little bit better. Certainly in PPR, I think he's better. Garbage time. Cardinals are now six-point favorites. They opened as three-and-a-half-point favorites, so people are on the Arizona Cardinals. And Dave is on their DST. Dave has their the Cardinals DST fifth. Uh, they are 14th. It'll move down if Galladay plays. Okay. So... Not won't be quite as good of a start. They'll, they still might be top twelve, but I don't think they'll. They, they won't be anywhere close to fifth. They might be like eleventh. <sighs> like I'd have to weigh them versus Cleveland. All right, big weekend, week three. Don't want to go zero and three. All right, so for a lot of you, this is a big, big weekend. What should uh, people do, Adam? Wins. It what this weekend? Yeah, I know what I'm going to be doing, man. I'm going to be not attending the Miami Florida State game for the first time since 1998. At least the home games for Miami. It's a big. Uh, this is usually a big. Let's all go to Florida and go to the game and tailgate. This is one of the most fun weekends of the year for me every year or every every other year, I guess, when it's in Miami. So I'm a little disappointed I won't be able to do that. But yeah, I'll you know be watching college football and uh, getting ready for possibly a Yankees White Sox postseason matchup next week, Dave. Oh man, I was so excited a week ago, and ever since they clinched, they've been terrible same with the yankees don't worry but, yeah yeah we'll talk to you all you guys ten- make a bet yeah we, we will make a we bet, will right? if it's official we, we will but what what i was saying what should people do if they're zero and two? Oh, it's not what i was going for i didn't want a rundown of what i thought you were i thought you meant what should they do this weekend no yeah, they right. should go win your league oh, go win your league ladies and gentlemen and watch hq sunday morning twitch at noon so HQ starts at 10 a.m. Well, HQ's always on, but Fantasy Football Today starts at 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, we'll have a Fantasy Football Today in 5 episode dropping both in this feed and the FFT in 5 feed on Sunday morning. I want to thank Dave and Jamie. We will talk to you uh, Sunday night to recap everything. Go on your league.